It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSONS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis. There's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. Fellas, did you forget what it felt like to experience joy? Very much so, yes. I... I haven't felt what I felt yesterday in a long time. And what'd you feel yesterday? Happy. Positive. About a football team. And the future of a football team. My football team, the Pitt Panthers. We're winning out. Plain and simple, we're winning out. All right, wow, we just uh, got right to that. Okay, um, so let's maybe hit the brakes a little bit. Um, if you live under a rock, the Christian Vieira started off with an absolute bang on Saturday night. Pitch just toppled the number 14 team in the country at home in the rain after four straight FBS losses an abysmal start to the season, a quarterback switch. And would you look at that? When you play a decent quarterback, it allows you to do things like win football games. Unbelievable. Beyond belief. Disclaimer before we start getting into the game. You two were at the game. I was not in attendance. I was at a wedding. Uh, following off weddings are killing us, man. Yeah, I have an, I have another one for football season too. Um, congrats to Helena and Cam. Very fun wedding. Thank you for having me. Um, but during the cocktail hour, set up the phone, started streaming, and I was like, oh, I'll I'll watch what I can while everyone's kind of just settling in. And I watched the first drive, watched the ball get dribbled past the air, watched us punt it away, and watched. Uh, Louisville go down, march down, put seven on the board right away. And I turned to one of our buddies. I was like, okay, we'll watch this drive. And can we agree if they go three and out, phones going in the pocket, and we're going to enjoy this wedding. I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They go three and out. I said, okay, I'm good. That's that's all I needed to see. Um, and then dinner was served. I'm sitting there at the table. I'm like, well, I might as well just peek, see what's going on. You're sitting. Pulled it back up. I'm sitting here. It doesn't hurt. Can't stand. Yeah. And, uh, Pulled it back up, but uh, eventually it was just like, all right, time to enjoy this wedding. But I did have a soldier there who had the game like streaming on his phone on the table while everyone was up and dancing. And he was periodically coming over and giving me updates. He was like, 
oh, just got a pick six. Oh, this just happened. So I was following in that sense and uh, was able to watch the watch the game after the wedding. And then once again this morning with a bit more clear of a brain. And yeah, that was that was a win. An awesome win over the team. You, you guys give me your perspective sitting out there in the rain. Well, Dylan, you mentioned giving up on them early. You said, yeah, it's over. I'm going to enjoy the wedding there. That was a theme that happened a few times throughout the night. We, our morale was low. We'll get on those eventually as we piece our way through the night, but going into it, it was probably fitting that pit one because it was easily the smallest tailgate we've had in years between weddings People out of town, people who are like, there's some football games on and it's raining. I'm not standing out there. So we had uh, a very small crew, a skeleton crew, if you will. Small but elite. We punished the big shot Bob's wings. It, it was great. We punished the shout out, slide beer. Uh, shout out their new wing flavor, the O. Unbelievable. But going into it, we should have known, like, we're all not expecting anything good to happen. So that's whenever the best things happen as a pit fan. So that's what it was like entering the game. I think we were all asking each other, like, how long do you think we're going to stay? It's kind of shitty out. And there are people who say, oh, um, if they go down two scores, I'm out. Or I'm probably going to leave at halftime unless whatever. So, I I will, I will admit, um, when we were driving to the game, I made Squid agree to, like, a number and a time. And what we arrived at was if Pitt is down two scores after the, the start of the second half, we, we got to go to tequila cowboy. Um, and oddly enough, that, that occasion never occurred. So it was Dylan, close. It was close. Oh, oh, I was, I was one foot out the door at halftime. Like it was, it was getting there. It was freezing. It was miserable. Like you could see half the stands emptying. It was, it was a poor showing by Pitt fans. But I mean, we were also a one and four team that was certain to lose by thirty points in the pouring rain. So I, I'm not gonna get on people too heavily for for waving the white flag on Saturday morning. Um, but Dylan, let me ask you, if you know, I were to tell you that Pitt beat a undefeated top 15 team after Pitt had started one and four and you didn't watch the game. How would you guess it roughly went? Like what, what do you think Pitt would look like and how do you think this upset would come to be if you hypothetically hadn't watched the game, which I guess you did not. Turnovers, a lot of turnovers, um, splash plays, gutsy play by the quarterback. Yeah, if you had guessed Pitt would look incredibly sloppy but still kind of dominate a better opponent, you would be correct. This was the most classic example of pitting but the good side you will ever see. Like, Pitt didn't even, like, play that exceptionally well. The air was under 50% completion. I think we had a penalty, like a pass interference called on us every time uh, – Plummer tried to throw a ball further than 15 yards in the air and we beat that team by three scores. Yeah. 
We were outgained 444 yards to 288. Oh, we had less than 300 yards. That's the other big one. Like, <laughs> they had 28 first downs. We had 13. I think we were all or nothing. We either went three and out or we marched down and got points. There was nothing in between. And early on, they came out looking like the same old pit team. Uh, no chemistry in the passing game. They were their timing was off, wasn't even close. I don't think Vayer was within five yards of completing a pass his first uh, five attempts. They were rolling the ball by him. It was a mess. We tweeted, this is going to get very ugly very quickly because Louisville came out of the gates hot too. Never in my life would I think the offense would turn it on and score 31 themselves. Never in my life would I think Louisville would – Score zero in the second half. So after the first five minutes, I was like, there's no chance we win this game. When, as the ball was in the air on the huge Veyard above means touchdown, I had a tweet typed up that said, Veyard hasn't come within yards of a receiver yet, and Signetti's calling plays as if we're an undefeated team with a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter. And then he just, oh my god, that throw, dude. Play action, a drop in a bucket, 50-60 yards, with a defender hot on his trail, about to blast him in the chest, just... Right in there. That was, if we could feel anything at that point in the game, and, and I think all of our hands and, and extremities were numb, uh, I think we would have said that that right there was the symbolic start of something. That was the start of the Vey era. But it took us until about the second half to start warming up and I think actually get to the point where we were like, oh, oh, this is this is happening. This is actually happening. Yeah, that was huge. I actually did get to see the Bub Means play. Um, we, while I was doing my, you know, I'm sitting here for dinner. I can watch some of the game. So we did see that, and I was like, "Hey, now!" And then uh, the score right before half, and then I saw that Louisville. I pulled up my phone and just saw Louisville drove down immediately and scored in like the minute thirty they had before halftime. And I'm like, "Okay, that might have they might have just blew their shot here." But, uh, yeah, I mean, from re-watching the game, seeing the balls that Bayer was throwing, I mean, like you guys said, there were a lot of early misses, a lot of stuff that was like, ah, uh, that wasn't even really close to the receiver. But I loved some of the throws, like, just out, like, the little outs, like 10-yard outs to the sidelines. Like, oh, there's some zip on that ball. That ball actually got there in a hurry, and he's giving, and the ch- receiver has a chance to make a play on it. The football is uh, moving in a spiral. Yeah. Yeah, weird I'm like, shit. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, we, I can work with this. Even if they're not completing these passes, I can work with a with a guy who has some arm strength, who has some zip on the ball, and uh, seems to have a little bit of, dare I say, moxie. Oh, you used the M word. One of the more exciting parts about that game was is our offense. Well, yeah, we had 288 yards. Not great. Our offense looked like a real football offense. Like I could see another good team playing that brand of football. We were 
not just doing the predictable like ah oh, it's second and ten we're gonna run it here because we don't trust our passing game and a lot of play action a lot of deep balls a lot of uh play calls that made sense the bar is very low it's like oh third and two and they have eight guys in the box let's throw a quick two yard out route to Mumpfield. we have a quarterback they can make that pass now awesome so i think it took a little bit to get going even in the first half there were times where it was like dang we're close would have been nice to make that play but we didn't but it was there and in the second half they really started to click a little bit more and we were uh we had to move on their heels a little bit we had some long drives which i never thought we would see for the rest of the season it was it was great to see the offense clicking like that even if it wasn't amazing start to finish how long did it take you guys sitting there to say why has it taken this long to play this guy over phil can can i make a request can we not do this until the midweek episode like like there's a very serious conversation to be had here there's a serious conversation we can wait to have that i just want i genuinely want to know when was like the first time that was like you guys turned to each other and said like how did this take so long? The first pass he completed, which was the touchdown to Bub Means. Fair. Okay. Yeah. I'm aware that Phil completed a similar pass against Virginia Tech, but. Yeah, we can table Vayer this conversation. We can table this conversation. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there's a reckoning to be had and some words to be said about uh, the coaching staff's decision making. But this is a happy occasion. This is a strictly joyous occasion. We are not getting existential today. We are enjoying the fruits of our victory. Do you know what another common theme was at halftime? We were kind of huddled up on the concourse, but a common theme at halftime was people saying, what's wrong with this defense? A lot of missed tackles. It, I made the comment it looked like Louisville's running backs and receivers were coated in Vaseline because they just kept slipping off with people. I thought we did an okay job, like containing the run, but the first guy threw and missed a tackle and then you'd fall forward for like five or six when it should have been zero. Uh, a lot of pass interference. I might've sent a text about how I was upset about MJ Devonshire's play. He will get to that too, but I don't know what happened at halftime, but the defense stepped it up because they were not good in the first half. Yeah. Credit to coach Narduzzi. I don't know what he did at halftime, but my brother in Christ, it worked. Uh, the, the defense came out in the second half. They didn't allow a point. Um, they were forcing turnovers. They were flying all over the field. They were making tackles. Uh, the pass rush is still something that we need to have a conversation like that. That goes in the serious conversation bucket uh, along with why was Phil starting this long? And that, that is going to be a Wednesday conversation. Um, Cause we need to look at that defensive line soon. Uh, but they made the plays when they need to. And uh, I know it's ridiculous to give Christian Veyer credit for the def- defense's performance. But uh, I saw my mom this morning, and she asked a really good question. And I, I couldn't tell if, if she was, like, being tongue-in-cheek or what, but it 
when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. She asked, how is Christian Veyer making the defense play better? Hmm. And I kind of asked. looked to have a chance. So that was my answer was it's an emotional thing. Like, like I talked about it in my big, you know, pump up speech when I predicted Pitt to win. Shout out to me, by the way, the conductor of the Veyer hype train and the only one of us to pick Pitt correctly to win. Um, shout out to me, the loyalist son. Uh, but I told my mom the, the same kind of spiel I gave, like, guys, probably like there wasn't as much emphasis on the little little things that take a, a little bit more extra effort when you don't feel that your quarterback can allow you to win games. And there was probably a cooling effect and guys weren't, weren't finishing tackles or coming in as hot or coming off the ball as hard. And when, when you look at the other side of the ball and they're fighting and they are making plays and they're keeping you in the game, it gives you a little bit more fire. But my dad had a very practical approach to it. That was pretty much like, yeah, they, they weren't on the field the entire game. Um, they, it wasn't like West Virginia where, you know, uh, Louisville was starting with the ball on the 30 every other drive. Yeah, it's not like the defense was like, Jesus Christ, we have to get back up off the bench and get out there again. And and defend from our own 25. So, like, there's, there's very, like, real emotional ramifications to the switch they made at quarterback and some very real practical ones. Because when you are gaining yards you can play field position football, which defenses love. So yes, Christian Veyer may very well have been the defensive MVP this week. And that's my take. Yeah, I think we, we've kind of been thinking that for a few weeks now. It's like the switch could generate some type of, you know, in the locker room. Hey, there's a, there's a fresh new face out there, and if he plays good, then everyone rallies around him, and there's a whole new attitude towards the games. Um, I think Bub Means alluded to it a little bit in his post-game press or two about, like, I, I believe his he he called Vare a baller. That's his dog, no cap. Um, and like, Very insightful. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my kind of thought of it too. It's like this kid might be a baller. He went what twelve for twenty six, and I, I look at the box score. I'm like, okay, maybe he didn't play all that great, but he also dropped his nuts. Shout out Servasier Dennis, drop your nuts, play of the game. Mm. Uh, fourth and five, we don't play conservative. We don't play you know safe little play call. No, we're we're going for the neck. We're throwing a deep ball to the end zone, and he puts a ball right on the money. Kanade Mumfield to ice the game against an undefeated team at home um, in his first ever start as a Panther. I mean, that's the type of play you look back on. It's like, okay, maybe that's where the Bay era started. Mm -hmm. Let's give a shout out to the receivers too. For a while we said, I don't know how good or bad the receivers are. Phil isn't giving him a chance. And I think we got to the point where we were like, Hmm. The receivers probably aren't great if they haven't done anything by week six. Last night, they were all pretty great. But Means was making tough short catches. Obviously, he took the top off, too. Kenny Johnson, really good. Stud. And Kanade Monfield was ready for his moment to beat a dude one-on-one. So 
my confidence is back up with the receivers. Yeah, it turns out our receiving core is just bona fide good. Like we have we have three very legitimate threats in the passing game. And Gavin Bartholomew, who my brother, we are we're gonna get you the ball. We we have to. We we're gonna we're gonna start a petition or something. We're on it. If, but again, once again, this is the theme of this is the first ever Vayer start. I love the play where he hit Gavin. I think he threw it probably about 15 yards through the air, but it was a little like felt some pressure, but made a very nice like one step up in the pocket and threw a little like like sidearm, like not super great mechanics, but just hit Gavin. It was behind him. Gavin makes a play, but it was like a nice little refreshing like, oh. Make a, make a little, extend the play a little bit, little movement in the pocket, get it to a playmaker. Haven't seen that this year. That's promising. Off rhythm, changed his arm angle, all those words that the scouts love. Right. Right. And he, and he was he was doing it, man. The one complaint I feel like we would have is the quick passing game was a little bit off, so... More reps with yeah. these guys. The timing will get better. So moving forward, he's got the deep ball, obviously. Uh, and I think the quick passing game hasn't been there in so long. Like David said, just call slants. Is it that hard? Yeah. There are a few times where that came in handy. Yeah. No, that was that was great. I mean, the rhythm is clearly a little bit off in the passing game. He's he's clearly, you know, hasn't had as many reps as he probably should have with this receiving core. And you saw how many times did he drop back, throw a dart, hit the receiver in the hands, but the receiver wasn't looking yet. Like literally like hit the hit them in the hands as their hands were at their sides. Because because like, oh, he might have thrown that like half a second early on the money but early and I, I, I squid. I think you're right. That, that intermediate passing attack has atrophied so bad on this team that I, I imagine it's something that is going to take a little bit of time to get back, but they were able to execute it when it mattered yesterday. So I guess this is a question for Dave. I don't know how closely you're following at this point. When did you realize that we were like going to maybe win the game when we were like, Oh my gosh, this is happening. So I really did think that Pitt was going to win this game. Like it just like it was the perfect concoction of stupidity. Okay, the, I know going into it at okay, halftime, yeah, just we were down it. 7 not getting the ball. I don't think you thought we were winning at that point. Okay, yeah, fair. Um it had or to be the Devonshire no, no. Remember, I really okay. wanted to leave and you convinced me to stay, which thank you for that. We got to watch an all-time pit win uh, with our dads. Shout out to the loyal dads. Uh, and and actually, fun transition, because your dad fully called the MJ Devonshire pick six. Like, I, I'm serious. The play before said... I need Devonshire to do something here. Could use another pick six, like like referring to the WVU game. <laughs> and I remember he he picked it, and it only takes three steps for you to see, like, oh, no one is catching MJ Devonshire. No one else on on the field has those wheels. I I turned to Dad Cotton and was like, "Can you predict I'm going to win the the big lottery or?" 
something like that. Like he hadn't crossed the 50 yet and we were, we were losing our minds. And I think that's the moment where everyone saw like, Oh, this is, this is happening. This is truly happening. I did not have a whole lot of faith in our defense at that point. I knew we were playing a little tough, a little bend, but don't break, but I didn't think it would last the whole game. Like, yeah, we have to get some points quick or else they might get a few touchdowns and it won't matter. So my dad said, I, how about Devin Shard or something soon? I almost said, yeah, I know, but I feel like our corners haven't really made that many big plays lately. It'd be great to get an interception, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in that happening. Didn't say it, thankfully, but it happened. And I think at that moment, we're like, oh, wait a second. We're actually like up, up now. We're up 10. Uh, things were looking good. And it was just kind of hold on. Can we hold on? And we didn't really hold on. We we put it to them. So the wedding I was at, uh, it was actually on the Gateway Clipper, one of the Gateway Clipper ships. And we were actually coming by the stadium at the end of the third quarter. And we could hear Sweet Caroline. We could hear Let's Go Pit being chanted while we were on the river coming by the stadium. So in that moment right there, I was like, okay. This 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 feels too good to be true. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a known Sweet Caroline hater in, in regards to it being played for pit games, but that moment right there, I was like, "This is meant to be. Pitt's gonna win today." That was, was easily the most. It was the first time I was excited for Sweet Caroline in yes over a year. Yes, maybe ever because we stole it from the Boston Red Sox and Penn State, but. Regardless, this is an anti-Sweet Caroline podcast. Uh, yeah, no, I we have to give MJ Devonshire his shine. He's He's been pretty maligned this year. I, I don't think he's been unbelievable. And to have that kind of game when one of the best teams in the ACC is targeting you specifically, and you are on an island with one of the best receivers in the ACC in front of Darrell Revis. To have that Darrell Revis was honored at your stadium. <laughs> yeah, he he showed up. He had a game. And so did, so did all of the Pitt Panthers. 38-21 over the 14th ranked undefeated Louisville Cardinals. They made Plummer look bad. I haven't watched him that much throughout the year. I know he's... Had some good games. Obviously, they're undefeated. We made him look bad and uncomfortable. I mean, the pass rush wasn't great, but the defense as a whole was so solid that he was struggling. They're tight windows. My favorite part was he was crying to the referees and about all of the miscommunications so much. He was very flustered by what was going on. I mean, th- that's another perfect example of a reason Pitt wins these dumb games. Is there a, and I'm going to probably take like Georgia out of the equation because they're terrifying. Is there a defense in college football through the years that does a better job of rattling quarterbacks, of getting them off schedule, of getting in their heads and getting them to completely unravel in big moments? Louisville's offense and the fourth quarter, I think, was every other play, let's try to get a pass interference. 
like play action. That was working for half the game. game. Yeah. Just lob it up there. It, it did work for a while. There are a lot of drives that seemed like they're getting into field goal range, just because of pass interferences alone. But I don't know if it was the power of the vase that everyone put their hand on the blue vase at halftime and then they they started playing super disciplined football. Was that believe, what happened? Can't believe it took this long to mention the vase. I'm not gonna lie, I I, I kind of think the vase has jumped the shark pretty bad. Like that that became a, a, a thing and a rallying cry a little bit too quickly. However, if Pitt keeps winning. We're all gonna have to rally behind this goddamn vase, aren't we? Like, like how oh, the yeah. pirates, how the pirates had people quoting "Dude, where's my car?" for a whole summer. Like, like we're gonna rally behind the blue vase if Pitt keeps winning. But I mean, we... they they should give away like plastic vases. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very cool with this jumping the shark if if it means winning games and getting people like buzzing and talking about Pitt football. I'm excited for the splits. Pitt's record before the blue vase and after. Even though they've had the blue vase for like years. Well, since it appeared in the lobby of the football facility, I guess. It'll be on college game day by week 12. I'm yes. It. <laughs> oh my God. They're going to do a segment on the vase if we rip off a couple wins. If we beat Notre Dame, there's going to be a blue vase segment on college game day. I promise you. I can't wait. And this all started because <laughs> Noah was just walking around the pit facility, misunderstood or whatever the purpose behind the vase, and then just got dragged on Twitter for it. Like, people really care about this vase. It really, like, it means something to the players, apparently. The vase gate. Is it one vase or like a like a bunch of vases? I think it's like the blue vase. Like, have they had the same blue vase for years? Oh, now now I'm kind of feeding into the whole thing that I just said. Already jumped the shark. We'll find out on college game day. They'll have somebody on to talk about the history of the vase. I'm ordering a blue vase from Amazon. As soon as we stop recording. We need to capitalize on this from a merchandise perspective. We'll get in the lab. Any other thoughts, comments, concerns? Yeah, uh, that was awesome. Pit feels back. Play Sam Oak and Lola more. Yes. This isn't the sports book, but we're early one and a half point dogs to Wake Forest on Saturday. Really? Per per DraftKings, yes. One and a half point underdogs. Some value there? Huh? I think so. I I have I have some thoughts to this game I'm gonna save for you know a later episode, but uh I think there's a lot of potential for for Pitt to keep some momentum this week. I think we should all just take a second. I know we know it's an upset. It's number 14 team. I think 
it being Louisville and not your traditional undefeated team that we play mid-season, like the Notre Dames or who else we play that's like always Florida Clemson. State. Yeah. 6-0 team, their schedule is pretty favorable moving forward. They could end up a 1-2 loss team. This could be literally one of our best wins in years. So don't let the fact that it isn't like a blue blood. Oh, yeah. A little bit. This is this is huge. This team could finish eleven and one in, in the ACC championship, unless we just mm. broke them. So if they don't finish like that, it's because we broke them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not because they they were actually not that great and played a terrible schedule and somehow beat Notre Dame. This is this is a really 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 good team, and if they suck going forward, it's because we're really good. And now, because of the transitive property, we're going to destroy Notre Dame. Who destroyed a Notre USC. Dame team that just, yeah, I was going to say, just obliterated USC on Saturday night. Yep, simple as that. Are we back? I'm so excited to have this transitive win over USC for the... Uh... For the USC burner accounts that still hop into our mentions about Jordan Addison sometimes. So yeah. We we have a transitive win over USC and Notre Dame. We're back. We're gonna get a real one over Notre Dame. We're back. Feels good, fellas. Feels good to win again. Feels good to have hope moving forward. Let's keep the train rolling. Order the blue vases. And uh as always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. I would die for Christian Vare. <laughs>